Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. Today we're going to talk about the 2006 murder of 28-year-old Benjamin Bradley in Wyoming. Ben's remains were discovered on October 1, 2006, in a remote area just north of Rock Springs. His body was found by sightseers near the basin of Boar's Tusk, a natural landmark in the central Wyoming wilderness. He had been dead for some time, with the official cause being multiple stab wounds to the chest. Oh my god. Ben Bradley was a young man living his best life. His parents referred to him as a mountain man. He was a free spirit who had a love of the outdoors, a taste for adventure, and a passion for snowboarding. Which is why, as soon as he was old enough to set out on his own, he did. He left his home and family in California and set out for Colorado. In his new home in Tabernash, which is near Winter Park, snowboarding consumed his life which is exactly how Ben wanted it. During the off-season, he worked odd jobs, but the rest of the time, it was all about snowboarding. In June of 2006, Ben planned to meet up with some friends in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, about 500 miles from Winter Park. There, they were going to celebrate Ben's upcoming June 4th birthday by snowboarding at Cody Bowl, which is a basin area that is always snowy. I was going to say snow in June. Cool. Stuff I don't know about America. Yes. <laughs> I believe it is in or near this national park that has a mountain range. So my sister is actually on this mission to visit every national park. So I'm going to have to make her go there for me this summer and scope it out. Kind of creepy. Yeah. And they party. they drive through Wyoming every summer on their way to North Dakota. So I'm going to be like, you want to go check out this natural landmark, Boar's Tusk too. A body was found there. It's no big deal. Just go there for me (laughs) with your three children. So anyway, the only catch is that Ben was planning to hitchhike the whole way there. So Jackson Hole is 500-ish miles from Winter Park, but Ben's body was found in Rock Springs, Wyoming, which according to Google Maps is 293 miles from Winter Park and 178 miles from his intended destination of Jackson Hole. You made it a far way. He did. Oh, that sounds so good in your brain. Like, oh, I'm going to hitchhike somewhere. Yeah. It sounds adventurous. And sightsee. And but I've only ever heard murder hitchhiking terrible stories. Terrible stories. I would never do this. So reportedly, Ben had hitchhiked plenty of times. So while this immediately worries me and puts up like all kinds of red flags, the people in Ben's life weren't really as concerned. One time he went to visit his family in California, and rather than use his return plane ticket home to Colorado that they bought him, he opted to hitchhike back instead. Wow. So he just liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you'd like talk to strangers. You have some interesting experiences probably. You could talk to the stranger in the plane. (laughs) I talk to strangers everywhere, but I'm not getting in their car with them. Yeah. So his dad said, quote, Ben did his own thing. He was a free-spirited boy, and he was extremely trusting. He had such a great heart, but he didn't see danger where I saw danger. Or where I see danger. Or anywhere, (laughs) where their typical human being sees danger. They tried to warn Ben in the past about the dangers of hitchhiking, but, you know, he did his own thing and didn't listen. So when Ben makes it to Rock Springs, he calls his parents, Ken and Mary, but they, like Ben, are people on the go. So 
wherever they were at the time that that call was placed, they didn't have the best cell reception, so they never received it. But later, they at least knew he did make it as far as Rock Springs because of phone records. The last outgoing call from Ben's phone pinged off a tower in Rock Springs. So a couple of days go by, and his parents don't hear from Ben again. But they're not worried about it because, you know, he's a mountain man and he likes to go off the grid. His dad said, you know, like not calling and venturing out into the wild to live off the land for a few days was something that Ben was known to do. They said if there was one thing they knew about their son, it's that he knew how to take care of himself. Mm. So if I don't talk to my, I don't talk to my parents every day. So no, don't either. I talked to my dad. If I haven't talked to him in like three days, he's going to start thinking something's wrong. But I've gone like weeks without talking to my mom before, so. I'm really bad. I go weeks without talking to anyone. But if you don't show up to school, I'm going to alert you. Oh, good point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Ben's friends, who he was supposed to meet up with, got worried when he didn't show up in Jackson Hole. So they reached out to his parents. They were like, you know, we had some plans to ski or snowboard or whatever in Jackson Hole this weekend, and Ben never made it. Now, that alarmed the Bradleys. They said they knew that their son was really independent and he was fearless and enjoyed time off the grid, but they also knew that he would never pass up a chance to snowboard with his friends, especially in Jackson Hole, which was reportedly one of his favorite places. Hmm. So the friends then head out to Rock Springs. So that was like 180 miles or so away from where they were. And they decided to start searching for Ben. Wow. And his parents are like kind of freaking out. So they hop on a plane and head to Rock Springs, too, because that's where they knew he was last. But Ben was an off-the-beaten-path kind of guy, and the area in general is pretty rugged. So they're desperately trying to locate their son, who, when he's not missing, is kind of hard to track down anyway. So couple that with this, like, wild landscape in a remote location, and the odds were really stacked against them. So they hand out photos of Ben and post flyers, but when their search turns up no signs of him, they decide to head back home to California and list him on a website for missing people. Really? No no police? I think the police were involved, but there was he was a hitchhiker, so he could have been right. anywhere. So I think yeah. they just like they're like, Yeah, he's missing. Here's some flyers. But like, how do you even know where to start? Yeah. That's a difficult He was just passing ever. through, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's all June of two thousand six. And Months go by and there's nothing. No sign of Ben, no calls from him. It's like Ben Bradley just vanished into the Wyoming wilderness. But then, in September, more than three months since anyone's seen or heard from him, detectives get a possible break in the case. So see, there are cops. Oh, there are cops. Ben's backpack, one of the few possessions he had, was turned into the Rock Springs Police Department. So, on September 29th, a man named Tommy Bowman comes forward with Ben's backpack. He said that he found the backpack back in June, I think he specifically said June 3rd, floating in the Flaming Gorge Reservoir, which is about 40 miles or so south from where Ben was last known to be in Rock Springs. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, his reason for waiting until September to turn it in was because he had only just recently came across one of the missing person flyers that the Bradleys hung up when they flew to Wyoming right after Ben vanished. So they like didn't know he was a missing person. He just found this backpack. And then when he sees a flyer, he's like, 
That's oh. the backpack I have. I should tell somebody. Oh, so the backpack's on the flyer? Or it's like Ben's ID and stuff inside the backpack, maybe? Okay. It's the stuff in the backpack. So he contacts the Rock Springs Police Department, and he tells a clerk there that he is in possession of a backpack belonging to a missing person. He said, inside the backpack, there are some personal items, one of which is a vehicle title with the name Benjamin Bradley. Okay. So right then I was like, okay, wow, Ben really did just like hitchhiking because he apparently owned a car. He's... And he chose to leave it at home and trek 500 miles by thumb. So he's still choosing to catch rides with strangers on that 500-mile journey. But this guy has his backpack. So on October 1st, which is just two days after Tommy turns in Ben's backpack, he leads investigators to the spot where he said that he found it. Mm -hmm. He said there were some clothes in here too, like snowboarding boots and a shirt or something, but that he just left them on the beach. Well, that same day that he takes them to the backpack spot, 70 miles away, Ben's remains are finally found. Oh, so they, they've been adamantly yeah. searching. Okay. So hikers, like some sightseers, found his badly decomposed body near the base of Boar's Tusk, which is like this big rock that sticks up in the air, and it kind of looks like a tusk, a tusk of a boar. So he had suffered blunt force trauma to the head and multiple stab wounds to his chest, with the stabbing being what actually killed him. The autopsy revealed that he had a skull fracture above his left ear and no defensive wounds. So they just like ambushed him. Yeah. Ben wasn't killed in that location. Instead, his body was dumped there, which is about 25 to 30 miles north or so of Rock Springs in Sweetwater County. So it's not like he was, like, camping out there and somebody killed him. It was like somebody killed him elsewhere and then ditched him somewhere where they thought he wouldn't be found. So I don't know. When I heard Landmark, I felt like it was a tourist spot. But apparently it's, like, so out there that it's it's like a a really fit tourist landmark. So I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Uh, My sister and her three kids definitely should, though. So the body hadn't recently been moved there either. It was likely that it was placed there the day that he died, with some of the news reports calling it dust-covered and mummified. Ooh. So it had been oh, a while. Ben. So that was October 1st, and I think the last known sighting of him was like June 1st or June 2nd. So To reach the site where his body was left, you have to travel basically into the middle of nowhere using mostly dirt roads. So it is definitely like out of the way. When cops arrived on the scene... They found that Ben still had his ID on him, his cell phone, and several hundred dollars. So it didn't seem like the motive for his death was robbery. Hmm. However, they would come to learn that something of Ben's was missing, though. His most prized possession, a custom-made snowboard that he designed and paid over $1,000 for. It's a black never-summer board with an eagle carrying lightning bolts in its talons. So, and there's no other board like that. Like, Ben, like, designed that. So if someone came across it, it would definitely be Ben's board. Unless they, like, made a replica after his death. But they'd probably need to prove that with receipts. Um, <laughs> investigators decide to keep a close eye on Tommy Bowman, the backpack finder. And they give him a polygraph test. So if you listen to our last episode about the murder of Victor Decker, you know that there are three possible results to one of these tests. Deception no deception, and inconclusive. Well, the cops never really say what the results of Tommy's polygraph were, but they do say what they weren't. But we'll get to that in a minute. 
They do say that he's not officially a suspect in Ben's murder, though. But what Tommy does next is really odd. He goes to the media, and he ended up doing several media interviews denying, right? And, like, that just, if you just found the backpack, what are you doing? Denying any involvement in the murder. But the one I want to tell you about is when Tommy went on national television and tells the story of how he ended up finding Ben Bradley's missing backpack. So... Up until this point, investigators with the Sweetwater County Sheriff's Office said Tommy's account of things kept changing. Oh, he's one of these. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The details. Oh, I think I have a picture of him. Let me show you which one is. That guy's Tommy. Oh, I was looking at that. He looks unsavory. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Tommy. Squirrely. So the details of his story weren't staying consistent. And what he went on to say during his TV interview only ended up baffling the investigators more. So he goes on the show on the record, and I think his interview was on live TV, and he says, this was back in June. I was out jet skiing with my best friend and stumbled across it floating in the water from one of the main beaches, end quote. But during his interview, he name-dropped several people, claiming that they were with him when he came across the backpack. And that just wasn't true. Some of the individuals he specifically named were watching his interview and were completely blown away when he mentioned them because it was just totally made up. In fact, they didn't even know anything about the backpack or Tommy finding it or Ben or anything until Tommy called them telling them he was going to be on TV. Oh. So they're all watching it because he was like, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this interview. And then they hear their own name. But this is the first they've heard of any of it. He's like trying to create an alibi, but not really being. St- he I, didn't. He didn't like clue really? in his other people. I don't know. I dated somebody who used to lie a lot, and he would always use his best friend Khalil in like all of his lies. Mm-hmm. And then I would ask Khalil, and Khalil would be like, "I have no idea what he's talking about. Like, if he's gonna put me in a lie, he has like, to tell me about <laughs> it." Like, yeah. But so Tommy was that stupid, he was and one of he those. included a lot of people in his lie and didn't tell them so. A sergeant with the Sweetwater County Sheriff's Office said that the information Tommy gave in his interview was inaccurate. Tommy said that he showed no deception during his polygraph, which wasn't true either. Hmm. I think it was probably just inconclusive because they definitely were like, it did not say no deception. But then they also said he wasn't really a suspect. So it probably didn't say deception either. So I'm thinking the results were inconclusive, but... The only thing we know is that they it wasn't no deception. Yeah. Well, he obviously he seems like a deceptive dude. Mm-hmm. And maybe that doesn't necessarily mean that he's hiding Yeah, it doesn't necessarily make you a murderer, but something's up. And my gut is like, oh, maybe he found the backpack, stole some cash out of the back- backpack, and then was like, oh, let me turn this back yeah. in. <laughs> so he said that a couple people tried to like tell him, oh, don't turn it in, don't turn it in. He was like, I have nothing to hide. Why wouldn't I turn it in? Um, but false. He definitely mm-hmm. has stuff to hide. So the show America's Most Wanted actually filled a backpack of the same make and model as Ben's with the contents described in court documents that were in the backpack, and they put them into a swimming pool. Well, it sank within minutes, so it couldn't have been floating the next day when Tommy allegedly found it. What? That was his story, floating in the water on June 3rd. And How did he find this thing? Okay, so America's Most Wanted actually brought in a professional snowboarder to help them with their episode on Ben and, like, trying to, like, attract attention to the case. So, Mm -hmm. anyway, Tommy told investigators that there were also boots and, like, a shirt or something in the backpack when he found it, but that he left them on the beach. Well, investigators obtained a warrant, and at some point they actually found Ben's snowboarding boots in Tommy's car. 
pretty crazy. See, I knew he was jacking stuff on the backpack at least. He stole things and then turned it in. So, well, if that sounds crazy to you, it's about to get even crazier. So, oh my god, I'm so glad. (laughs) Fast forward three and a half years to March 18th, 2010, more than 1,100 miles away, sitting in a jail cell is a man named Eric Kahn, and he's been picked up for something totally unrelated. But while he's being questioned by police in St. Louis, Missouri, he spills the beans about a murder of a hitchhiking snowboarder. The details he gave were a perfect match for Ben Bradley's murder. But the thing is, the details he gave were never released by police and would only be known by someone who had personal knowledge of the murder. He placed himself in the vicinity of Rock Springs near the time Ben was there and went missing, And by doing this, he implicated himself in the crime. So, though police were still keeping the more grisly details of the murder under wraps, citing an ongoing investigation, they were convinced that Eric Kahn was the guy they'd been looking for all this time. So, he then gets interviewed by federal agents. And like Tommy Bowman, he starts dropping names. Only, investigators think this is the real deal. Eric said that he and at least two other men were partying with Ben at a residence in Rock Springs. After a few hours of that, one of those two guys hits Ben over the head with an axe handle, and then the other guy stabs him repeatedly. During his storytelling, he links himself to Tommy Bowman, though he doesn't say that either of them were the ones who hit Ben in the head or stabbed him, but he does make it known that they know each other. Oh, Yeah, (laughs) dumb. But Eric Kahn says that he actually did kick and punch Ben until he was lifeless, but that he wasn't the axe handle stabber guy, and then said he helped clean up the blood while the others dumped Ben's body somewhere in the desert. This is like really, really matching the description of the... because he had that skull fracture, and I don't think he was repeatedly hit with something, and Eric says he was hit like with his axe handle and stabbed repeatedly, so he didn't say like they bludgeoned him to death with the axe. They just hit him this one time. Details of the crime. Probably to like knock him out, yeah. I bet investigators are thinking at this point that this is a slam dunk, because that's how it looked at the time at least. So detectives quickly determined that the other two guys in Eric's story were locals named Tracy Warren and Chris Dove. Eric Kahn is charged with first degree murder in the killing of Ben Bradley, and Tommy Bowman is charged with accessory after the fact of homicide. Tracy Warren and Chris Dove are cited as persons of interest. Tips then start coming in attributing the actual murder to Tracy. Lots of people were able to place Tracy with Ben while Ben was in Rock Springs. Wow. Someone identified only as witness number seven said that they went to buy meth at a residence in Rock Springs from one of the co-suspects and that they saw Ben there. One of these guys tells another inmate when he's in jail that Tommy never got that backpack from Flaming Gorge, but instead just found it outside behind the house where Ben was killed. Another witness said that one of the co-suspects admitted to them that he killed Ben, but then said, if you say anything about it, I will kill your wife. So these guys are just idiots. Mm. Most criminals, I feel like, are though. Okay, so it turned out that Tracy and Chris were roommates at the time and that Chris was also friends with Tommy Bowman. So investigators came to believe that this little friend circle were actually pretty likely suspects in other criminal happenings in the area too. 
So even though Tracy and Chris weren't formally charged in Ben's murder, law enforcement was feeling pretty good. That is until Eric Kahn says something else. Just don't stop talking. I know. At this point, detectives and prosecutors have zeroed in on the date of June 2nd, as when Ben Bradley vanished, and it is believed he was likely killed on that same day, too. So they came up with this because on June 2nd, Ben called his friends in Jackson Hole and said that he was in Rock Springs and he needed someone to like meet him halfway in a town called Pinedale. So he was calling to see if anybody could come that way. So anyway, the friends said the way he was talking made it seem like he had found somebody who was willing to at least take him to Pinedale. So they were under the impression he had a ride. But after the court date is set, Eric tells his defense attorneys that there's actually no way he could have been involved in what happened to Ben because he wasn't even in Wyoming and that he can prove it. So this is the first time Eric has mentioned an alibi. And Remember, he is the one who got this ball rolling in the first place. Why did he open his mouth? I know. He placed himself in Rock Springs that summer. He implicated himself in the crime. He linked himself to Tommy Bowman. He said that he was partying with Ben and some others, and that he admitted or claimed to have witnessed these guys beat and stab Ben. He said that he also punched and kicked him and then cleaned up the blood while they disposed of the body. So Eric would have never been brought into this if it wasn't for his own omissions. But now he has an alibi. And it's a pretty solid one, too. He said that he was actually in custody in Los Angeles, California, more than 800 miles away from Rock Springs on June 2nd, making it impossible for him to have killed or even been involved in Ben's death. And how does he know so many of the details? So the prosecution has to hit the brakes. And after going back and looking at jail records and probation records, they're able to verify Eric's alibi, and it checked out. On June 2nd, 2006, Eric Kahn was indeed in custody in Los Angeles, California, and not in Rock Springs, Wyoming. So the court date is canceled, and charges against Eric and Tommy were dropped. Obviously, this is a huge disappointment for the investigators. Like, he did this to himself. Why would you... Yeah, why would you just lead police in a wild goose chase? But it seems weird. Like, it's kind of a pattern with their friends. Like, they like to be part of the story. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, we did it. We talked about this in another one. And we called it, like, Munchausen with the law. I don't know if there's a real word for that, but I can't remember what case it was. We make it up. We can diagnose people with it. (laughs) That's what they have. They just want to be in it. So, naturally, Ken and Mary, Ben's parents, are upset. And they're skeptical. If Eric Kahn wasn't at least in some way connected to or involved in their son's murder, how did he know all of these crucial, unreleased details? And also, Ben's body was found basically four months after he was killed, so the exact date and time of his death isn't known. Detectives and whoever can do their best to narrow it down and try to pinpoint a date, but that's all it would be is an attempt, their best educated guess, but there's no way that they could know with absolute certainty. So that wow, kind of gives everyone really some point. wiggle room. I didn't think about that. So yeah. I'm sure you have a, an alibi for, for the June second, 2nd. But what but about the others? Yeah. yeah. So, it could have been anywhere mm-hmm. four months yeah. in between. Yeah. So he was killed around June 2nd, which gave Eric some time to do the crime and then skip town to Los Angeles or leave Los Angeles and participate in the crime. And then, like, so leave Los Angeles, come to Rock Springs, kill Ben or whatever. And then, like, the June 2nd doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. Or Ben could have been killed on June 3rd or 4th or 5th or something. Because it took a couple of days before the friends even told the Bradleys that they were worried about Ben and then everybody travels to Rock Springs. So 
yeah. called them on June 2nd, but he didn't have, he didn't have to die on June 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. When did, 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 did his friends ever say, like, when he planned to meet them? I think, and like, the, that day. His birthday was June 4th, so right. they were trying to celebrate his birthday. So they were expecting him, like, at any moment, I guess. Okay. Um, but, you know, hitchhiking isn't an exact, like, there's no departure <laughs> yeah. and arrival time. So yeah. they were just like, all right, Ben should be coming. But, you know, Eric is pretty transient, so it's not unrealistic to propose any scenario about where he could have been, whether it's 800 miles away or whatever. Yeah. Or even that he knows really who did yeah. it. Like him saying, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so did yeah. it. So it's maybe so they did it. They just told him about it, I exactly. guess. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, if you but think about it. But he wants to be involved in it because yeah. he's got the Munchausen. by law. So, I mean, if you think about it, when he first tells everybody he's in Missouri, which is really far from Wyoming. So it's not weird to think he was in California at some point, too, right. because just he, pong's around. he's pretty mobile. Like, he might be hitchhiking, yeah, too. Yeah. No location is really outside of the realm of possibility for Eric to be in at any time. He's totally capable of killing Ben on whatever day it actually happened and then ending up somewhere really far away. Wow. I just... I don't understand why you would say that you knew all this stuff and that you even helped punch, kick, and clean up blood, but then you weren't even there. Yeah, I, I will never understand people who implicate themselves in crimes they have nothing to do with. Like, I feel like, I, I don't understand, I don't, nothing good comes of yeah. it. I've watched some... Unless you're, like, in jail and you need, like, jail oh, street yeah, cred, but yeah. he wasn't a jail. Or maybe, like, telling them something to get out of something else, but I don't think that that's what it Yeah, he was. didn't get, like, a deal for yeah. his other thing. And, like, but, whatever he was being questioned for in Missouri was less than murder, so why would you be like, okay, let me tell you about this murder? Usually <laughs> it's got a, something that's going to give you not a worse charge. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. They're very bizarre, folks. Yeah. So the last update I've seen is from July of 2017. Police were processing a home in Rock Springs based off of a new tip. As of today, though, the murder of Ben Bradley remains unsolved. A detective with the Sweetwater County Sheriff's Office said, The Bradley case is ongoing as an unsolved homicide. It's under constant review. Plus, we follow up on new leads as they come in and take appropriate action. Eric Kahn, Tommy Bowman, Tracy Warren, and Chris Dove all remain persons of interest in this case. At some point, or multiple points since 2010, when they were all thrust into the spotlight, all four of them have been in custody for various things in various places that are all separate and similar but unrelated. Um, for example, Chris got arrested for a conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute methamphetamine and use of a communication facility to facilitate a felony drug offense. And honestly, I don't even know what that part means. Use of a communication facility? Yeah, I don't know. Um, and Tracy once got arrested for alleged possession of meth and marijuana, mm. interference with a peace officer, and some other, like, firearm and destruction of property stuff. So there's petty meth crimes. Yeah, they're not Maybe. model citizens. Oh, was, never mind. <laughs> meth but, makes you a little bit cray-cray. Mm -hmm. And they all look a little bit. Well, they look a little bit methed out. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, they definitely I do. Judged they're you. probably going to listen to this. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, you're do right. you get podcasts in jail? Because they're probably going to be in jail. You get a lot of stuff in jail, apparently. You get Netflix. Oh. You probably get podcasts. <laughs> okay, so maybe that was their motive for putting themselves in. They <laughs> wanted to. Can you put uh, some money inside yeah. my account? I want some more. Can you pay for my oh, next month yeah. on Netflix? So investigators say that what they really need to piece it all together and back up statements so that they can secure a conviction is Ben's missing snowboard. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Tracy Warren's sister and his parents both have admitted to seeing the snowboard at Tracy's house, but detectives haven't been able to get their hands on it 
though they feel confident that they eventually will. What? Wait, can't they get a warrant? That's like... That's... I think they probably have and it's just not there anymore. Yeah, but at some point... get rid of it. At some point, people are like, oh yeah, that one-of-a-kind custom snowboard that belonged to the murdered guy, my brother or my son has it or had it. Yeah. But it's just... And now they know that it's so distinct. They can't. But that seems like the stupidest reason to kill. Not that you're thinking clearly. If yeah, if you're you're on that and you're killing somebody, so yeah. And like that professional snowboarder who did the America's Most Wanted episode, he said that like all snowboarders have like all the snowboards have like a VIN number or something like a serial number on it. So even if somebody like exactly replicated it, they would be able to determine if it was Ben's or not. So you can't like just buy that snowboard on eBay. People are gonna know it's. Ben yeah. snowboard. So the value is completely yeah, it's not, I mean, it's worth you nothing. you got to destroy it. Yeah. Which is, and if that was what you killed him for, you're so dumb because no. you can't even use it. So, I mean, you're dumb for killing him even if it wasn't for you're snowboard. You're also dumb for implicating yourself in a crime. <laughs> Very dumb. I mean, I don't know that these are the guys, but I have a I mean, sneaking suspicion. Yeah. yeah. So if you have any information about the 2006 murder of Benjamin Bradley or the whereabouts of his custom-made snowboard, please contact the Rock Springs Police Department at 307-352-1516, the Sweetwater County Sheriff's Office at 307-875-1400, or their other number, 307-362-6575, or lastly, the Wyoming Division of Criminal Investigations at 307-777-7181. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths.